Welcome to Soul Searching, the Soul Recruitment Podcast, where we tackle all sorts of great topics in the areas of recruitment, job searching, mindset, technology, marketing, culture, and lots more. It's amazing what you'll pick up. Thanks for joining me. Well, welcome back, everyone. Darren Saul here, your host of Saul Searching, the Saul Recruitment Podcast. Back for another episode. It's episode 59. I have the fabulous Mark Bynum in the house. How are you doing, Mark? Uh, excellent. Thanks, Darren. And thank you for inviting me on your show. Oh, absolute pleasure. We're going to talk about all the fun stuff today. So the topic for today, how to build a healthy relationship with money in today's world. Do you want financial freedom? and to retire comfortably on your own terms. How about in half the time? We all want a life free from financial stress and help when navigating money matters. As one of Australia's most experienced and highly regarded money speakers and an award-winning author of The Money Sandwich, Mark Bynum wants to help you make this dream a reality. Mark has spoken around the world on all things money and with over 30 years in the finance industry as a financial advisor and now money coach, Mark wants to help his audiences with simple everyday money strategies in everyday language and maybe a few dad jokes thrown in as well. Today, he will provide a stack of practical, helpful tips and ideas that you can implement straight away to have a pen and paper or your phone ready. As he always tells his audiences, what's money for if it's not to help us with the important things in life. So please welcome Mark Bynum. How are you doing, Mark? Thanks for coming. Thank you, Darren. Just enjoy being here. Thank you very much. Uh, pleasure. Well, mate, let's jump in. Tell us a bit more about, you know, your background and how you got into this field of work and why you're so passionate about it. Sure. I was a very average engineer. I'll put it that way, Darren. So <laughs> uh, after a few years, I thought this wasn't the industry for me. And really, like a lot of people, I thought, well, if I can be better at money, get more salary, I'll, you know, that's, I'll have the life I want. And it was, so I came, went into the financial services industry, became a financial advisor nice. and realized very, very quickly, it wasn't actually how much salary you have. It's actually what you do with that money that makes yeah. a difference. And yeah, did that for a few decades and COVID happened. Uh, open heart surgery happened oh, and those sort of things take, you, you take a bit of uh, stock at life. And um, what I realized, I did want to slow down, but I didn't want to stop. Uh, people are talking to talk about retirement for a lot of people. Yeah. They just don't want to retire. And, and I'm sort of one of those people. I wanted to slow down, but not retire. But one of the nagging things that I found, especially about the last 10 years uh, was that uh, financial advice, is only for about 15, 20% of Australians. And I wanted to provide a low cost solution. So I wrote the book that basically had whatever I covered off in a, an appointment or with my clients that I coached on savings, budgeting, super shares, property, everything, getting right. a will. I have a low cost solution. So even if you can't afford advice, there was something. So that was really the book. And I think it sort of resonated because uh, won the Social Responsibility Award in 2022, which was lovely to hear, awesome. um, uh, to receive, and um, built the website, uh, the podcast, the newsletter, and now going around to corporations and dealing with HR people, running lunch and learn workshops and, and other things to get people. Because you know, we've seen COVID, and since then, the cost of living 
uh, people are more financially stressed than ever before. Yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, that's let's let's jump into that because that was something that I really wanted to tackle today. Is why do we struggle with building a relationship with money, and why is it so hard to save and just live in terms of financial wellness these days more than ever before? Yeah, I think yeah, historically it plays a big part. We have a a, a British background for a, a lot of that, and you know the British don't like talking about the money talking about money. We don't like talking about money. I had a family that didn't talk about money. Yeah. It was, you know, if you raised or talked about money, it was sort of like bragging or you felt like you're uncouth, rude. So, um, and I remember someone telling me a long time ago that uh, if you were at a dinner table um, and with a table full of strangers and arms, you'd rather tell them about your terrible love life and tell them how much money you earn. You know, it's yeah. just the way we are. You know, Americans are very different in that way. They're, they're very happy to talk about money. They've got a very positive mindset when it comes to money. Yeah. So historical, it plays a part, uh, our culture. Um, but I just think a lot of things that, especially when I was uh, researching for the book and what I was doing with my clients, the rules that were around in the 20th century aren't the rules that apply now. And just to give uh -huh. you a very couple of really quick examples, yeah. we were paid weekly in cash in the 20th century. Really? Um, now we're getting paid <laughs> monthly. We don't even see the money often. It's in our bank account and then it just goes. Yep. Um, you could afford a home for three times salary in the 20th century. Now it's 12 times salary in the major cities. And things like um, incremental expenses, you know, we have uber eats we have all our streaming services all these little things that unless you're really good at checking your statements you just don't realize where your money's going whereas we didn't have that in the 20th century Indeed. This, so i think um and technology while great it's gambling apps and things like this so there's things around now that are that people in their 20s 30s and 40s are having to come to grips with but we really never had that issue in the 20th century yeah and interesting you say that because Every time I get another email, every second day, your annual subscription for this piece of software has just been taken out of your bank account. Yeah. Then there's another one. Like, what the hell is all this stuff? <laughs> I remember Microsoft when it first came out, you'd pay for a license and that was it. Yeah. For a lifetime. Uh, but now it's a monthly debit and you, just, and, you just, and just don't even realize how much money is coming out of your bank yeah. account every month. So in a way, technology, because we're all using it so much and there's so many products and tools and and things we have to keep on top of, it adds to the monthly cost as well because we're always we're always subscribing as a service to all these different products. Yeah, absolutely, and it's just something. And we we the, one of the biggest problems I hear uh, now for people in their twenties, thirties, and forties is you know I just live paycheck to paycheck. Yeah, I don't know where my money goes. Uh, I yep. can never save. You know, how am I ever going to afford a home? And you know until it's nearly budgeting is coming back because it just, you just have to, it's far more necessary now than it ever was yeah. 50 years ago when people did budget, yep. but it was, you may have had 20 expenses for the, the month. Now you have 120 expenses. For Definitely. The month. Um, yep. So, and people just, yeah. And so they say it's $5 a month. Who's going to miss that? But 20 of those $5 a month or 30 of those, it adds up. Yeah. And as they say, you know, pay yourself first. Um, and I'm definitely not great at this, but you know, you're always spending things, but if you just take a little bit of money and pay yourself first, put it into a bank account or a separate a little entity that you cannot touch, it can really add up. Yeah. It, it was, that was first around, um, richest man in Babylon. The book That's came it. Out I love that book. 1929. Yep. And, but yeah, it was still very important in the 20th century, but it's far more important now. 
Definitely. But we actually can use technology to help us in those regards for that because yeah. we can just say, well, we have set up a separate bank account and you just actually get an automatic transfer at the beginning of your pay cycle. Yep. So it's the very first expense is to pay yourself. It's just the number one tip. So I'm glad you said it, Darren. Yep. I think it's really important. But um, let's chat just about financial wellness in general. What does it actually sure. mean to you? You know, And what do you think it should mean to the everyday Australian or everyday yeah. person? I think it is far more important and you only have to see, uh, go to any bank uh, website and you're absolutely seeing they have their financial wellness surveys. They do all these other things. And um, so, and there's lots of different ne definitions, but to me, it really has always been about um, to be positive when it comes to money, to be healthy and feel most importantly, financially secure now and in the future. Uh, a lot of people, even if they say, Oh, I feel okay now, but I'm worried about my future self. You know, mm -hmm. what am I, what am, am I building anything here? So to live a financially well life, I think it is, it's evolved from that whole work-life balance that we were really trying to look for in the last 10, 20 years. Yep. Um, but I just think, yeah, if you, and we talk about financial wellness and financial well-being. Financial well-being is um, where we want to get to, but financial wellness is the state we're in at the moment. Yeah. And so much of it is mindset driven, isn't it? I mean, it's all about mindset and how you build that relationship with money. As you say, a lot of the times people don't discuss these things over the dinner table in certain cultures and sometimes they do. So all that stuff makes a huge difference. Yeah, I think we're far more aware of, of mindset now. Uh, but, you know, if you're talking to someone who is a, who's going to talk about stress, they'll talk about mindset. You talk about someone, or if you want to lose weight or get fit, they'll talk about mindset. Because for a lot of people, it's not so much um, if I'm going to lose weight. We all know how to lose weight. You yeah. know, <laughs> we don't need to actually follow a diet to probably know 90% of what we do need to lose weight. But yeah. why don't we? It's mindset. So mindset. Uh, a lot of clients I coach or have coached over the years when they were saying that, and these are people on really big salaries or uh, really important positions, and they just said, I don't know where my money goes. I'm living paycheck to paycheck. Um, and actually, Dr. Tim Sharp calls it the tyranny of when. And it's just a great, you can look it up on YouTube, or uh, I think he does a, has a TEDx talk. But what he talks about is um, you, you'll only be happy when. You yeah. know, the next pay rise happens when you next get yeah. your uh, next holiday or something like that, which is always putting your happiness at some point in the future. And whereas you need to flip that on its head, um, be positive now. Um, uh, and funny enough, usually that will help with your next pay rise or your next promotion. It and will. if it doesn't, well, you know, your happiness wasn't dependent on it. So that's really, yeah. I think mindset, and that's just one example, you know, people procrastinate, they, they, um, they go on um, retail therapy, all these different things around mindset. <laughs> and we just have to understand why that's happening, the what and the how we can easily fix after. Yeah, I love it. And it's so true. Like if you have a particular mindset in one area, it usually trickles into a lot of other areas of your life. And people perceive that. And all of a sudden, all these opportunities start to arise that you never had before. Absolutely. It's just about changing your mindset. Yeah. yeah, And that's why, you know, people who meditate, people who do exercise, people who yep. do yoga, and it will trickle through that. And, you know, even having good money habits will, or getting, having positive conversations around money, it all helps in other things because yep. financial stress will affect your relationship, will affect your work performance, will affect 
um, your social life. So it, yeah, it's all intertwined, as you yeah, said. Yeah, so true. Um, so I'd love to get into, you know, some nitty gritty tips and tricks and tactics for how to best start to build that relationship with money and maybe just save a bit of money. So what can you kind of provide the audience with in terms of how to help them do that? Well, I think you've said the very number one tip, uh, pay yourself first. But I do think uh, going past that is you just need to, you need to understand where your money's going every month. You, you, yeah. you know, you need to look at your last one or two or three month statements and just go through. Um, and I know if I say, oh, you know, I'm going to teach you to budget. It just has a negative connotation. <laughs> so I get that. But yeah. at least if you understand where your money is going every month, you then have a sense of control. Yeah. Um, and for a lot of people, it will just be, wow, I didn't realize I spent that much on Uber Eats every this last month. And just knowing that it will help subconsciously or consciously help you develop better habits. Um, but if you don't know where your money's going, you don't have a chance. And so I think for a lot of people saying, oh, well, I want to save $200 a month. Um, that's fine. But if you don't know where your money's going, you're not going to know where, where um, those savings are. Uh, and and the, the probably the other tip is you, de- you do need to have a why. You mm. do need to have a goal, a target, a plan to get there. Because if you sort of, it's not so much when you're, you're flush with money or you, you've got some extra money and you want to say, I'll put some money to say, it's when times get tough that if you've got a real motivation, I'm saving for an overseas holiday, I'm saving for my deposit for a home, yep. whatever that is, there's a why. Um, that's going to stop that. Maybe I don't go buy that um, extra suit or dress or whatever it is um, with that retail therapy. <laughs> I will, you know, I need to save. And so when times are tough, even you, if you've got a real goal that you're aiming for, that will help you. Love it. And also it will, it will motivate you to work as well, because you know what you're trying to, how much you're trying to earn so you can save, so you can do something with that money. So it's a, it's a whole three-dimensional process. Yeah, and it's and it's one of the things that there's there's a lot of research now around financial stress, financial well-being, and the work in the workplace. Yeah, uh, and I talk about how the productivity and we have technology which can help us with our banking, but as I said, it can also hurt because you know people have their phone out on their desk when they're trying to work and be productive, and how. How often does a notification happen? How often does an email pop up? How often, and all these little things, are these incremental distractions yep. um, that just stop you from being productive. And if you're seeing there's a bill or something that's there or some advertisement for something that you want, it's going to cause stress. It's going to cause financial stress and it's going to stop you being productive. So I think we really do need to just be looking at how these things are on our productive and I think people are getting better at emails, but now notifications on their on their phone yep. is just Never such ends. a distraction. Yep, crazy. Um, and what about in terms of debt? I would love to tackle that because that's such an interesting topic. You know, there's good debt, there's bad debt, people say. Um, maybe you can break that down for us and help guide people in how they might start thinking about yeah, building debt in the right I, way. And, and it's not trying to, you know, I talk a lot of uh, in corporations and workshops and I do raise this and they say, oh, we don't want you to sell. And it's, it's not really selling if you understand these are the new rules people need to play by. Um, in the 20th century, you would borrow to, to buy your home. Um, yeah. And that was an example of good debt because you're buying your home. You need a house to live in. 
Whereas the way I teach it now, good debt is buying assets that will grow over time, but the real secret ingredient is that they will provide an income over time. Mm -hmm. um, and if, it, if, if we do use a property, for example, and you buy an investment property, um, yes, hopefully if it's good property, it will grow over time, but that income that the rent that that property will provide will provide um, uh, to pay, will pay for the loan and over time, that loan will eventually get paid off and you'll have this extra income. And that's that provides that financial security. Yeah. Um, so there's an example of really good debt provides income streams. Um, bad debt is basically everything else. So people say, oh, well, I bought, um, I used, I borrowed money for a car. That's mm. an asset. And unfortunately, it really isn't for that under that definition because really as soon as you drive that car off the lot it depreciates it that's goes right. down in value you only yeah. have to try and sell that car a day later to know it's actually yeah. dropping it's not going to make you any money you eventually got to spend more money on repairs and everything else absolutely and <laughs> unless you're going to use it for as an uber driver yeah. it's not going to bring, provide an income stream and that's also you having to do it you've already got your job you don't yeah. want to have to get a hi guys just a quick message i'm always on the lookout for engineers in the managed services space across australia Support engineers, systems engineers, network engineers, and solution consultants. I only work with the best companies that are going places, really value their staff, have great techs, and offer stacks of training and other benefits, up to $1,000 for successful referrals. Who do you know? Feel free to give me a buzz, 0414-659-800. But right now, back to the conversation. Second job. So a car is something we need. I get that. But understand the debt for that isn't is we still classify as bad debt. Obviously, credit cards, buy now, pay later, uh, all that sort of stuff mm -hmm. is just bad debt. It's not buying assets that will provide you an income stream later on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I suppose that's the hard thing because a lot of people might want to start investing in assets that will provide them with um, some source of income at some point, but. It's also finding out about what assets are available, how, you know, what, what's around. You know, there's so many different styles of assets, I'm sure. Yeah, and it's one of those things we're busier. That's yeah. the other thing. Yeah. We're busier. Time is such a precious thing. You, you see people like Richard Branson and all these others, and they pay people thousands upon thousands to give them, get them time back. Yeah. Because we're, we are, we have a busier lifestyle than we ever, ever had. Um, and that's the other, another one of those rules of the 21st century you need to get access to good experts, specialists, coaches. Um, people absolutely now for their wellness are seeing uh, mental health experts far more than, you know, 20th century, you'd never dare see that. Yeah. Um, that was a sign of weakness. Now we're sort of grown up and we, we're willing to see that. And it's the same when it comes to money. Um, if you're going to go buy a property, you don't want to be the, that person who's going to go to every auction for the next two months trying to find a property and get outbid. You want to go get someone. And it may cost some money to go. Well, it definitely will cost you some money to get that, but it saves you making a, a, a terrible mistake. And to give you an example, I have this slide. I do my presentations. And it's just for people who are in Sydney, uh, a place in the eastern suburbs um, and 10 minutes away from each other, and really over 10 years, one grew 20% and the other grew 70%. Wow. And that was purely exactly the same two-bedroom unit. You would looked exactly the same in 2010, but by 2020, significant um, yeah. differences. And you wouldn't know that unless you had inside know-how. And so use yeah. experts because they just save you time, but yeah. they also save you from making bigger mistakes. And I just think 
um, you know, people listening to people like yourself, listening to other experts, it's just, it'll just save you having to make those mistakes. You know, the best sports person in the world still has a coach. Absolutely. Um, yeah. The richest people in the world still have mentors or coaches. Yeah. You know, we should have mentors at work, yeah. all that sort of thing. So I think pay money um, to stop you making expensive mistakes. Yeah. And, you know, you can't know everything. You can't, you don't have the time to know everything and study everything. You just can't do it. So you focus on what you're really good at and what you're passionate about and you get experts to help you with other, other things and you and use, use their knowledge. Yeah, yeah. Use your friends. You don't have to, um, there will be someone who will know something. There will be someone who knows a financial advisor or a coach. There'll be someone who knows a property advocate. Yeah. Um, the same thing. I wouldn't go directly to a, a bank for my mortgage. I'd get a mortgage broker, someone who owns yeah. their own small business who have you at, in, at the best interest yep. um, rather than a bank where that manager may not be there in six months' time. Yeah, they yeah. may still use the same bank, but get someone who knows what their uh, knows uh, their business inside out and are actually have put you first rather than their own products. And what about superannuation? Yes, <laughs> a topic close to my heart. And every, super. Um, I talk to people uh, and I did a podcast in the United States only in the last week and they don't have anything like this. New Zealand really don't have anything like this. No. The 11% or well, the superannuation guarantee that the government put in place, which has grown over the years, is such a good thing that people will retire on a significant amount of funds. Um, yes, you might have to wait till you're 65, but it will be there. And you know we're all living longer. My biggest issue is whenever you see a superannuation ad, it's always about making more contributions or moving it from this product to that product. Mm -hmm. Whereas for me, I find most people have this Goldilocks syndrome. They When they join a workplace, um, they just join the default super. Um, and so whatever that company is, look at where it's invested. And one of the things you will see, 80% of Australians are either in the balance fund, uh, which I call nicknamed the Goldilocks fund, um, or a life stage fund, which does something similar. And what it means is balance, it's half growth and half defensive. So half shares and property and half term deposit, cash and bonds. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you can't touch this for 30 years, 20 years, or even when you retire, you're hopefully going to live another 20 or 30 years after retirement. Why aren't you getting the maximum? Why aren't you getting it? Um, and so I like my clients I coach to look at what the growth fund is, look at what the high growth fund is, look at the ethical investment funds under most uh, funds and seeing if you can help change the world. But always look at 10-year averages. Don't look at one-year averages, two-year averages. That's gambling with your money. Look at 10 years plus right. and look at the averages. And you'll see between a balanced and growth, I'm just an approximate 2% better. Over right. 30 years, that will double your funds. Wow. Uh, so, you know. So, the, so the, the balanced ones are playing it safe. It is because I get, you know, people don't like seeing once every 10 years. And that's understanding that the share market does, does drop one to every seven to 10 years. But if you understand that that's the case, well, every one to seven, 10 years, I'm going to expect yeah. a bad year. That's it. But the other seven to 10 years, it will be positive. And if you can't touch the money, you just want it working as hard as possible for you. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Simple right. as that. And any other just general tips for people in the workforce on how to start thinking and spending money the right way, maybe not spending money on things that they shouldn't, or I know it's a very individual subjective thing, but any, any mindset hacks to how people can do that? Funny enough, 
get a financial gym buddy. Um, okay. Get someone, start a conversation with a friend. Start, yeah. you know, start a conversation with your own partner. The amount of couples that used to come in and they just wouldn't talk to each other about it. Mm. Um, they just they thought, you know, they had their own private accounts. And I thought, you're in a relationship, um, but, you know, with your friends, with your partners, you need to have positive money uh, 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 conversations. And yeah. I think that will help change it. It will take the stigma away from uh, money's a bad thing. Money is a great thing as long as it's used properly to help create memories that last a lifetime. Yeah. Just sticking money away in a bank account to, to look at your bank account balance, that's not that's not life. That's not an uh, effective way. But I think having really good uh, communications, and for an example, though a client of mine did just recently, uh, which I just hadn't even thought of, uh, as, a, as a ripple effect, she was saying to her friend, um, oh, you know, I'm, I'm trying to save. I want to get this deposit for a home. And you know, we, we meet up once a week and we go to a nice restaurant and all this. And I don't want to stop that. And the friend said, well, of course, <laughs> I still want to catch up with you once a week, but we'll just do it from home. We'll cook a meal ourselves. And That's right. All that money's going on the five-star gourmet restaurant. Absolutely. And you <laughs> save that couple of hundred dollars a month, a week, just there and that. And yep. she just ha had that open conversation with a friend. And of course, a friend didn't mind and said, well, you know, I'll, I'll be able to save money too. And I just yeah. think there has that ripple effect that people aren't going to look badly on you just because you want to talk about money, yeah. as long as you're not bragging about it. And I think if you can get that, that as a positive mindset um, to start these conversations, I think will go a long yeah. way to helping reducing financial stress. It's so true. And like the Richard Bransons and the Donald Trumps of the world, they have in their circle of influence, all those people that love to talk about money. You know, they love to sit down and talk about money. You know, you, you find the people that do want to talk about those topics and you learn from each other and you grow. Absolutely. And, you know, even someone like a Richard Branson or Bill Gates, you know, they're the biggest contributors to charities. They're yeah, the, as well. yeah. you know, that, you know, that they're, they're the, um, when they have time, and as I said, they pay a lot of people to give themselves time. They have a lot of other people working for them to have free time. They'll realize, you know, money can't buy your health. No. Um, you know, money can't, uh, you know, just straight out give you time back. So if you've if you've wasted that working in a job uh, where you know you're not getting to see your family, um, so money can be great as a tool, but used properly. Um, used properly. Because, yeah. yeah. So true. I love it. Well, I'd love to talk a bit more about your book and your podcast, Mark. So tell us a bit more about that. Sure. Well, the book was really, as I said, I wanted a low cost solution um, to help people who couldn't afford advice and even to break down barriers. Because, you know, if you if you do the taxi test, you sit in a taxi and they ask you, well, what do you do? And you say, oh, I'm a financial advisor. They The, the first thing that most comes out of their mouth is, well, I suppose I see you when I win the lotto. Whereas, no, 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 no. A lot of times what financial advisors or money coaches can do is they help you um, at first understand your money mindset, what your money personality is. Because yeah. um, it's easy to teach you to save once you actually can basically get your head right around these things. So that's what the book was to sort of be an in-between. Yes, it covers a lot of topics, uh, but it also shows that I have better things to do with my time than having to do this. I will go get someone to help me with this, set up a plan and um, keep me accountable. Uh, but it's a good start. So that's what I wanted to do. And that really has seemed to resonate. Um, it's called the money sandwich because of intergenerational. 
another 21st century uh, phenomena that really wasn't, you know, in the 20th century, once you left school, you left home. Simply that, 16 to 18, you left home. Wow. And elderly parents really didn't get past the age of 65. Um, the government set up the pension at 65 when the average life expectancy was 58. So it shows you now that life expectancy is into their 80s, we're living longer. So um, it's great that we can spend more time. People of my age in the 50s and 60s can spend time with their elderly parents, but it just brings their own issue, age care, all these other things that we've never had to deal with uh, until now. Um, and yeah. the same thing with our adult children. They're not leaving home. <laughs> They're not leaving home, Darren. So, you know, we yeah. don't become empty nesters until they've at least finished university or sometimes even once they've started a job and they've saved enough for a deposit for their own property. That's right. So the parents are letting them stay at home um, to help save. So all these things are different dynamics and people in their 50s and 60s are still sort of saying, well, we've also got to worry about our own retirement. Well, what's that going to look like? So um, I wrote it that I couldn't just say about to a 50 or 60 year old, here's your how to fix your money issues without also looking at intergenerational because with the boomers passing uh passing away over the next 20 years, it's going to be the greatest wealth transfer that our country or the Western world has ever seen. And wow. a lot of parents are worried about are their children actually prepared for it? Yeah. So, yeah, um, so the book covers a lot of those things. And yeah, the podcast talks to just people on all sorts of things on sports psychology, but always try and bring back to how can it help you get better with your money habits? Love it, love it. And obviously for all the viewers out there, I can see the book there just to the left yes, of Mark. Yes, it's yes. on the on the shelf, the money sandwich. I love it. Is that in audio book form as well or just it is? Uh, oh good. You can buy it as an ebook. You can buy it as a funny funny story with that. I found a can Australian living in Canada who could absolutely record it in a in just this very likable voice. So I, I wow. could not do it in my own voice. I just okay. yeah, I just couldn't. I found <laughs> this guy uh, and it's great. So yep, it's in an ebook form. Uh, it's in uh, an ebook. It's in an audio and absolutely you can buy a hard book if you want. Excellent. Because I'm, I'm a terrible reader, but I love listening to audio books. Yes. So there you go. And the podcast, do you drop an episode every month, every week? Probably, yeah. It's about every month now. Yeah. Um, we're just... Just uh, and it's a bite from the money sandwich. It's 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 on all the platforms, and it's just it's just great talking to people. And I always it started out was that uh, I'd get someone saying, "Oh, I need to update my will. What should I do?" And I'd ha repeat this conversation. Yeah, like this. Oh well, I've got a God. podcast yeah. with an estate planning lawyer. Yeah. Uh, she'll tell you exactly what you need to do, and I can just say, "Yep, just listen to this podcast." But yeah. it just moved on from there, um, yeah, and just just talking to anyone and everyone on all sorts of topics. So yeah, it's, That's great. No, it's a lot it. of fun. I'll check that out. Absolutely. Um, well, Mark, I mean, I'd love to learn a bit more about how you work with people. Do you coach people one-on-one? -on -one? Do you, what are your courses, etc.? How does it all work? Yeah, a range of things. We, I definitely do keynote speaking. So I love okay. talking about this and, and getting people motivated to be more positive around money. Uh, but what's probably my bread and butter and I love doing is dealing with HR firms uh, to talk to corporates, to talk oh, to their cool. employees, lunch and learns, uh, running workshops, uh, running webinars, and all sorts of things. And and just, you know, people will say, can you just do a retirement one? Can you do just one on property? Can you do just how to save, how to stop living paycheck Amazing. to paycheck? Um, so a lot of that type of stuff. Um, I'm now trying to, I'm getting a few grants so that I can actually do to, 
um, I suppose, lower socioeconomic areas where I can just do it and they're done for free. Nice. Um, but just anything. And I will do one-on-ones coaching, but I'm doing less than that now nowadays. As okay, a, so it's more uh, workshops and keynote yeah. speeches and, you know, that kind of stuff. A lot of fun. Oh, that sounds great. Well done. Love it. Um, and if people want to find you, they just jump on the money sandwich com website. Yep. Yep. The yeah, all the links are there. They can find all the it. links are there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so love it. Uh, all the, about the, for corporate, for speaking, for about the book, everything is there. The money sandwich.com. Beautiful. And if I can throw one more question at you, please. I mean, how do you think things are going to change in the next 20, 30, 50 years in terms of how we should think about spending money? What are the trends or what are the insights that we might have to be aware of? I think people, yeah, it's even the last five years, people were talking about financial freedom five, seven years ago. Now they're talking about financial security. So really cost of living has really hit home and financial wellness and financial well-being and feeling more positive and reducing financial stress. I think if we really can, as a society, uh, understand the stress around where the time we're wasting stressing over money, if I can put it that way, uh, we can absolutely, you know, use that extra time to, you know, building uh, better relationships for innovation, just to building a better world. Um, So I think, you know, we do need to get better in understanding the stress that's dominating our lives, how to get control of technology rather than technology and try controlling us. And if we do get more positive with money, I just think, Whereas people used to be thinking about retirement as a, I will work my one career and eventually retire at 65. People are wanting to live a far more positive life and um, they can have three or four different careers, but they will every 10 to 15 years have a two or three month break and they will travel the world. They'll go around Australia. And I think it'll be a far more positive way as long as they can get uh, that financial security. And as I said, if you understand the new rules around money, and building income streams or passive income streams to help supplement your salary um, will be in a far better position. Yeah, I love that. Well done. Well, what a great way to finish. But Mark, I really appreciate you coming on the show. It's been an yeah. absolute pleasure. Uh, thanks, Darren. Um, it really has. Just lovely to chat with a few. Um, thank you for inviting me. Uh, my pleasure. And I'm going to put all the details in the show notes for people to access Mark's website, his book, his podcast, check out all his other Um, information. I'm sure there's plenty on your website, but it's been a fantastic episode, something a little different, but something that's really important. Awesome. Well, Mark, thank you so much. Um, Everybody out there, I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. And we'll see you very, very soon for our next episode of Soul Searching. Bye for now. Thanks again, Mark. Thank you, Darren. Thanks again for joining me for another episode of Soul Searching, the Soul Recruitment Podcast. If you'd like to join me as a guest on the show, I would be delighted to collaborate. Feel free to buzz me on 0414-659-800 or email me on darren at soulrecruitment.com.au. I'm always on the lookout for great guests who can share their stories and expertise with my community. But for now, though, have a fantastic day and I'll see you next time.